Welcome back to What the Fumble. Adam again, saying hello after giving you a nice chunk of Lenara backstory. Now hopefully you see what makes her tick a bit. Or at least part of her. Still waiting to roll odd so I can wake up a stiletto someday. Almost as much as I'm waiting to see what Merlin's backstory is all about. Well, until then, we have a boat tote run. If there was ever a time that I wanted no mercy, this is it. So for now, let's see what they're all about. And if they have the gull to mess with us. Or will we hit this storm first? Well, this is an opportunity that can't be missed on episode 26 of What the Fumble, At the Mercy of the Storm. that time again it's that time right out of the gate kind of feel like we should should we make an apology to the trilby community Soby, you've got a look on your face like you're, you've you're supporting my previous comments yeah they don't deserve an apology they really don't what do, what do, what do, you, what do we say what do we call them douchebags i think was the, <laughs> i feel the like term that is a step up from what they usually get oh you're ma- i feel like you're making it worse okay, my, the only it, thing i was throw it to me i told you i was gonna make it it's worse. true so, <laughs> all the people to throw it to uh it was a bad idea yeah my fault there i was just i was going for yeah i mean in all honesty the the it, it was all about colin really we were just yeah, saying just calling you know, me a douchebag just poking colin in the ribs a little bit that's all it, and and it's doing that based on the fact that you sounded so ashamed when you told us that adolescent you were a trilby. You were so ashamed. Well, I still am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mostly of the like how I was like, oh man, I look so cool right now. I didn't. No, no. There, you know, we're, we live in different times though. So if you're <laughs> listening out there while wearing a trilby right now, I don't actually think you're a douche. But you should take it off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you can probably pull it off. I just had a bowl cut and it didn't work. Oh, God. I look amazing in a trilby. I just want to point that out. I look amazing in a trilby. You look like a douchebag? What? <laughs> uh, oh, no. let's, let's, let's do let's get this. killed by vampires. <laughs> last, week, last week was a pretty fun episode, if you ask me. I had a good old time. We got, I mean, we got a lot of backstory. We got some lore. It was fun. I think especially, I mean, for us, all you guys around the table here, we've never, we've never re- really recorded a campaign before. This is the first time for us. So it definitely took, took a little bit to kind of get used to this different pace. I say all that. I mean, I'm pretty sure, speak for everyone in the room when I say we absolutely adore doing this we love doing this i have a fucking blast doing this every time but uh i mean usually we do like the whole you know we do the session zero you guys dump the whole fucking backstory all at once we go around the table one by one spill the beans and by the end of session one like we don't remember a damn thing anybody (laughs) said in session zero and we just keep plowing through the campaign that's how it's usually that's how it usually goes so this is really different uh my real point in all of this is it was kind of nice to have 
a chunk of time there where your characters really had nothing to do but steer the boat. All you were allowed to do is hold an oar. So you got some time to just kind of chill on a boat and talk to each other, which uh, is good. It's healthy. Which us as players have been looking forward to a moment like that, I think, since session one. Yeah. So the fact that we actually got a chance finally, you know, 25 episodes in or so. Right. You know, we actually finally got the option. Just, hey, just go nuts and do what you are most comfortable with. And that is just talk at each other. Just interrogate everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Start asking the questions. Not not talking with each other. We talk at each other. Let's be real. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's not wrong, especially for Slash. But, yeah, I mean... Character development is a close second to to combat in terms of favorite things to do in D&D for me. You know, not just, you know, rolling the dice and hitting people, but actually developing a character with absolute, you know, truths about them, flaws, bonds, you know, all these things is truly a special a special thing about D&D. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it's not just the combat. It's the whole package. Yeah. Whole package. You know, we... I, I had a blast just listening to you guys talk about feelings for for a change. Just on the boat, I mean, we, there was some deep stuff. You guys started some deep conversations on that boat. And it, uh, it was good. It's a nice change of pace. Helps balance uh, us all out. If it was up to Colin, we'd just do that every single episode, I think. Are you saying there's a problem with that? Not at all. Not at all. If anything, I'm applauding you more than anyone for having to wait as long as you did to get to And not give in to the murder hobo. That's it. Yeah. And, and well, it's, uh, you know, we're trying to tell a story overall, dudes, with the timing. Uh, as Mr. Tattoo so tactfully said, I don't think we should talk about our feelings in a hallway during a, in the middle of an escape. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That was me losing my shit. <laughs> like, I can't wait. I'm going to die. I want to know about your backstory, man. <laughs> it's been rough. It's been rough. You guys, yeah, we finally made, kind of made it to that point where you got a couple of days. It was rudely interrupted by adolescent Colin coming and fucking up your RP time. Fucking douchebag. What a guy. Yep. But, uh, yeah, two out of the last three sessions, I think you got some, some decent lore, some decent backstory. So it's time to get back to business. Time to get back to business. You guys remember, I don't know if I ever said it on air, but I know I've said it around the table that I would really love to get a character death in before we leave Dominion. And I'm running out of chances. I'm running out of chances. No, man. So let's get back to business. Ahead of you on the northern horizon, the sky is completely filled with those charcoal black storm clouds. They're hanging heavy over the wildly churning waters. Behind you on that southern horizon, the sky is calm, it's clear, but Slash just noticed that double-masted sailing ship that is moving its way towards you. The mercy is not far behind, and it's closing the gap. Van Richten, still bedridden, he's feverish, he's still out cold. Uh, And at this point, I mean, he's completely incapable, really, of doing anything at all without a lot of help. He, you know, has occasionally come around long enough to get food and water into him. He woke up screaming again last night. Same dream he's been having for months, waking him up every night you've been with him. 
Long story short, Van Richten is of little to no use right now. His health has clearly gotten a lot worse than it was the first time you met, met him in the asylum. But unfortunately, none of that really changes the fact that the myths are ahead of you and the mercy is behind you. So what do you do? Panic. I think that's what we do. Panic? Um, yeah. Certainly an option. <laughs> Not a helpful one. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> now that that's taken care of. <laughs> uh, I think Lustra is going to go to the sails of our ship and just, you know, keep close attention to the sails and make sure that we can get the most out of the wind at our backs and just stabilize the sails as best he can. Keep the sail steady kind of thing. Yeah, there's only the one single sail, but yeah, sure. You go yeah. over there and... Hold on to the ropes, dear life, try to steady it. Is the wind blowing at a direct angle, like straight towards the the storm clouds? Or is there an angle we could take that would give us more speed? I guess that would give the Mercy more speed, too, if we tried to go directly uh, with the wind. The winds have gotten a little bit more erratic at this point. Like You're fairly close to that storm that's looming ahead of you. Uh, so it's not just the gentle, steady breeze anymore. It is a little bit gustier. Okay. Well, Lustra's uh, going to try and angle us so that we have a direct beeline for the mists. So that we're, we're not swaying left and right. We're gonna, he's going to try and keep it dead straight. Okay, you do your best to keep it straight. There's also the steering oar. Uh, is anyone kind of manning that when all this is going on? Yeah, I feel like Solash would be... Having been closer to the back of the ship with the steering, or would obviously would have been the one to notice first. So I feel like Salash would be at the back once again, steering to the path of least resistance to keep the boat moving as fast as possible. All right, so we got Salash on the steering oar. You got Looser holding onto the sails, trying to keep them steady. And yeah, with the, the erratic winds, uh, the sail definitely flaps around every now and again. You do your best to keep them steadied out. Is there anything else anyone would like to do to maybe? up your chances of, of uh, success here. I mean, the only thing I can think of is if we have, like, a tarp or something and we can make our own makeshift, like, sail. How to, close like, it. How close is the Mercy to us? Like, how far away are we talking, like... It's, like, well over a thousand feet easily. Like, okay. what, uh... So. Probably close to a mile. Okay. So, no shooting arrows. Not yet. No, okay. not quite at, at that point yet. This okay. is, you know, the point where you've basically just spotted the Mercy. You want to give me an insight check? Sure. Tess. While you're doing that, I think something we might want to consider is we do have oars, and oars can help steer the ship if we put them in the water at particular angles. So if we come off cross, you know, some terrible riptides or whatever, and we can't make a turn, well, if we put oars on a particular side, we can steer it more sharply. I'm thinking more along the lines of we can take the blankets out of our bedrolls and tie them up with rope and see if we can't make our own sort of like mini sails at the front of the ship in addition to our own sail, see if we can't catch more wind. That That's works an interesting too. idea, too. What'd you I get? got a 15 insight. 15 insight. It does come to mind for Tess that... The Mercy is the bigger of the two ships, and you just saw it. So there is a chance that they have not seen you, right? They're a much bigger boat, much taller mass and sails than you. So there's a slight chance. It's hard to tell 
because they're too far. If they're like screaming and pointing in your direction, you can't hear it. Okay. Uh, but they're still far enough away that, you know, that thought enters your mind. Maybe they don't see us. They are still 100% moving directly at you, though. Like, they're coming in your direction. Okay. So they might just be headed towards the mists as well. Um, so so um, the Neblina boat, it said it can comfortably hold four people. Can it uncomfortably hold six? Like if we shrank it, yeah. If we if we made the boat smaller, would that would that slow it down, or we wouldn't have as much of a sail? So I would suspect it would slow it down. And the tides are, and you know, the currents are going to get real rough. We we stand a chance of capsizing. Yeah, you would have a much smaller sail, and the same amount of weight would be being put in a smaller boat. So it probably would weigh it down more than it's weighing this one down. Okay. But, I, I mean, like, I see where you're, you're going yeah, with the whole smaller to see, though, right? Smaller yeah. boat, less of a target to see. But if so they're going it's... in the same direction anyway, then it doesn't matter if they see us or not. We just have to get in there first. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm still thinking that Slash takes some bed sheets out of his out of his sleeping roll and fashions them up with, like, maybe one of the oars to make, like, almost like a T-shape for, like, a, a, a sail at the front. All right. Um, I can I can start with that. Uh, so you stay on the, on the order to keep us, uh, stable and can, can someone help me? I'll help. All right. Uh, so when our two, you start yeah. kind of fashioning that together, try to get, uh, a bit more fabric for the wind to fill up. Merlin, what are you doing while all this is going on? We got Lustra on the sail, Salash on the oar. You can make the boat lighter by drinking some of the liquor. <laughs> oh, that's such a much better idea than what I had in mind. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Realize it weighs the same inside. Of it. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> Just take the leak off the side. It's fine. I think I think Merlin's going to use his uh, his extreme reach with his long, lanky arms. He's going to grab, like, two remaining oars and just go to the front of the boat and just start double rowing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Let's do the yeah. butterfly, but on a boat. <laughs> At the very least, you're the mermaid on the front of the boat. <laughs> uh, that's great. That is fantastic. I thought maybe we were going with it. His wingspan was so <laughs> massive that he's, he will become the sail. <laughs> just make him a that big That might cape. also work, yeah. <laughs> Who needs lend a cape me, of billowing? Lend me your poofy shirts. <laughs> Who needs a cape of billowing when you got a knuckle dragger known as Merlin? <laughs> <laughs> what did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> knuckle dragger. Jeez. <laughs> the wingspan to cover the ship, you'd have to be. Uh. That's mean. Oh, he's like a majestic albatross. <laughs> he's smart now. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. All right, so we've got Merlin double fist paddling at the front of the boat. Looser hanging onto the sail. Slash trying to steer this thing in the right direction. And our elf and half-elf made uh, a second sail, essentially, out of some bedrolls, doing their best to hold more tarp up. You travel like this for about 30 minutes. At this point, the the edge of the storm starts to kind of reach you. A steady rain starts up. There's flashes of lightning that are starting to get closer. The rumbling of the thunder occasionally drowns out all the other sounds for a few moments. The air itself starting to feel colder. That violent up and down of the swell you've gotten used to goes away. 
becomes replaced with choppy waves that are much more violent. And after traveling like this for about 30 minutes, let's do a couple of checks. I need an athletics check over on the steering oar, and I will uh, let you guys choose out of the rest of you who wants to do the survival check. Hmm. Definitely not Lustra. He's he's the worst at go getting around in nature. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go for the uh, survival. Uh, so that's going to be a fifteen on the survival. Nice. Fifteen to see how much uh, all your other combined efforts kind of help in this endeavor. Uh, seventeen on the athletics. Oh, for lucky, lucky guy slash i'm guessing slash has low and you're all stressed out yeah oh, I rolled you, got well. lucky. <laughs> you got lucky at the end of traveling like this for 30 minutes you notice the mercy's speed hasn't quite increased yet and like i said being that she's the bigger of the two boats hard to tell if you've fully been noticed but there's no question that it is moving in your direction. It's a much bigger boat, and it is still going faster than you. The gap is still growing smaller. But you guys pass the first series of checks, which is good, good news. Another 30-ish minutes pass of this boat chase. At this point, the steady rain is going to turn into this absolute torrential downpour. You can feel constant stinging of raindrops striking at your skin. The waves are now just this frothy white sea foam that seem to be coming from every direction. The boat is constantly pitching back and forth from port to starboard. It's slamming. Into each new wave, it's filling the air with water. Already, there's at least two inches of water just sloshing around inside the boat. Things are bad. The sail is so full of wind that it's threatening to rip itself clean of the mast. Van Richten's, like, feverish bodies inside the cabin just being tossed around up in the air from the constant rising and falling of the hull. All of you have to yell at the top of your lungs to be heard over the howling of the wind. And what do you do again? Again, I ask you, how do you try to put the odds in your favor? What's everyone doing to get through this next check? Okay, Um, okay, okay. Salash is definitely going to cast message to Lustra on the sails. Smart. um, And say to him in the message... Take over this oar. I cannot control it much longer. It's um, a good call, too, probably. Um, <laughs> and he's going to cast a message to, to Lustra to do that. Uh, meanwhile, Slash is going to uh, probably go up and help these two with the sails. For actually, I feel like maybe Merlin should take over the oar. Maybe, yeah. He's, he's even buffer than Lustra. Yeah, and Lustra will reply to the message and say, maybe grab a bucket and get some of the water out of the boat. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a good idea. Slash would definitely try to find a bucket and do that. Um, as far as the message being cast to you, though, like, I mean, if the sails are already filled, 
you know, mm-hmm. they're not going to get more full than they are. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of want to hold them so that we can keep keep it under control to keep a direct line, as it were, almost. Yeah, fair enough. In which case, message to Merlin. Um, uh, oars are useless in this wind. Come steer the boat. You're going to be better at it than me. <laughs> ah, get out of my head, you tattoo. I don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's the lash. Okay, all right. Sure. Uh, and meanwhile, um, a slash will absolutely try to find a bucket and start pailing and bailing water. You start bailing water out. Merlin takes the steering oar. I'm gonna go tie down Van Richten and make sure he doesn't uh, bounce around the cabin and throw your weight on top of his body and keep him uh, strapped down to that bed. He doesn't bump his head on the ceiling. Get him a little helmet, some little water wings. Oh, well, sure yeah, right. I mean, the boat's getting thrown around, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, shoot. We talked about tying ourselves down to the boat, and we didn't. Yeah. Can still switch to that plan. Is that what Tess wants to do? Um, Potentially, but there's one thing I, I, I just want to ask about. I have a racial ability called Mask of the Wild, where... You can attempt to hide even when you're only lightly obscure, obscured by foliage, heavy rain, falling snow, mist, and other natural phenomena. Um, is there any way I could um, go assist Merlin with the ore to try to just use my knowledge of of this, of where to hide in nature to try to make sure our boat is maybe caught behind enough swells so we're more obscured from the vision of the mercy using that that ability lets you hide yeah, in rain so it would just be me probably but you want to hide the boat yeah i just want to you can certainly hide yourself there's enough rain for you to be able to hide yourself no problem if you want to do that uh but you can still uh you can uh use that flavor to to help your survival check here if you want to do that I'd absolutely let you have a survival check if you want to go that route. If that's what Tess wants to do during this 30 minutes is do her best to keep the boat hidden. Yeah, I, I think if if they're not chasing us, then they won't be gaining on us as fast. So Fair I, I, I'd sure. like to try that. And what's Looster up to when, uh, during these 30 minutes? So. I would imagine I'm probably still going to hold on to the sails and make sure that, you know, they don't blow away. You're still manning the sails? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's start then with uh, a survival check from whichever one of you wants to do it. Um, Tess is already holding uh, a D20, but whoever wants to go for the survival I mean, can. I mean, probably better at it. I only have plus two. Yeah, I'm at a four, so. Okay. How, how am I? Oh, right, expertise that I just got. Uh, but with stress, you're probably better. Yeah, okay. All right, so I'll go for it then. Yeah, up to you guys. I mean, like mechanically, just a little, you know, behind the screen. You guys are the athletics check is all about keeping the boat straight, and the survival check is more about like how you know can you help? Can you maybe adjust the DC of the athletics check by doing so well on the survival check? Is essentially see, what we're yeah. what's going on behind oh. behind oh, the okay. screen. That's what's going on. So anyone in the party, the re- you know, you've all flavored it up. But what it comes down to is one of you gets to make survival check. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go and make that survival check. And come on, dice, don't screw me. Do I want to use my inspiration? Hmm. Oh, maybe. I don't... You know what? Yeah, I'm going to use my inspiration just in case. Okay. Uh, so, minus stress, I'm at 17. 
Nice. 17. Even, yeah, with all the wind blowing through this sail, you hold it steady with Tess kind of directing you on little minor adjustments here and there. So you hit waves at different angles and try to stay as hidden as possible. Merlin, the steering oar is trying so hard, so hard to bring you in a direction you don't want to go, but you put everything into it. Let's see that athletics check. Let's see if you can hold us straight. Ooh, nine on the die. Plus four is a 13. 13. 13 on the athletics check. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Another 30 minutes or so goes by. You can still see the mercy hot on your tails. At this point, Enough time has gone by that beginning you might not have been convinced that she had seen you, but at this point it becomes clear that they have seen you. Ropes and sails get adjusted to maximize the speed of the mercy. It is cutting through these waters with ease, barreling in your direction. The mists are closer with every few feet that the mercy moves towards you, you move towards these mists. But you look back and on the deck of the mercy, it's now close enough that you can just barely start making out uh, some of the smaller features of the boat. And from the deck of the mercy, three seagulls like launch themselves into the air and start flying in your direction. As soon as they hit the open air, like a massive gust of wind just takes one of these seagulls and like tosses it 30 feet behind the mercy. You watch a transformed cerebral vampire just like land with a splash in the ocean. You can barely see anything in front of you. You can see hardly 10 feet in front of you, really. The storm... It is just that close. There are massive waves now threatening to capsize the entire boat. You can feel the whole thing just straining under the pressure of the storm. The howling of the winds becomes so intense that at this point you can literally not hear a single thing anybody is saying. You could be right next to you screaming and they don't drown out the sounds of that howling wind. The storm is insane. It is intense. Frequency of the lightning increases. Kind of all reminds you of, you know, back on that blue dolphin when this all started out. You've passed two checks so far. You've passed two rounds of checks. But a guy got to ask you again what you want to do. To potentially increase your odds, we got to roll one more set of checks. We're rolling again. So does anyone want to do anything? Anything at all? Uh, Lustra's just going to start chanting Darkon, 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 Darkon. (laughs) It is intense. You start chanting, too. Like The rains suddenly just turn to hail and... Everybody give me a quick constitution saving throw. Oh, oh no. Luster got a 15. You passed. 
Oh, good. Lenara got an 18. Pass. Tess got a 15. Pass. 17 for Merlin. Pass. 10 for Slash. Not a pass. Yeah. Oh, I mean, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wowzers. Those of you who all pass get riddled by these hailstones. You take four points of bludgeoning damage. The sail starts to get just completely peppered by uh, the hail. Slash, you just get slammed in the face by one of these hailstones. You take the full eight points of bludgeoning damage as one of these things threatens to shoot itself through your skull. Oh, my God. The sail getting torn to shreds by this hail. But, yeah, we still have to make one more. We still have to make another check. So anything you guys can do, okay. anything, Lucifer's over there chanting Darkon. <laughs> I love it. Love it. What's everyone else doing? All right. Um, Tess wants to uh, grab some, um, grab a coil of rope, tie it around her waist, tie the other part to maybe one of the, the benches for the... Um, for the for the rowing uh and she wants to take our attempted additional sail like that fabric and she wants to try to climb up the uh up the sail and just use it and her own body to shelter it from the hail so it can at least stay somewhat intact oh good lord tess is hardcore tess is a hardcore lady (laughs) Oh, yeah, I got a gash in my throat. Let's make it deeper. <laughs> Hardcore Sail, lady. gotta protect it with my own body. Like, holy yeah. crap, man. Oh, I love that. That is awesome. Merlin, are you sticking to the steering oar? I am. I'm putting both feet on it and, uh, <laughs> yeah, holding on for dear life. Power stance, baby. It really does come down to that. Yeah, it is. It's taken everything you've got to keep it straight. I mean, you're really... The strength of these waves is more than enough to send this boat into all kinds of different directions. So it's it's a lot of a lot of effort being put in at the dude manning the steering oar. Slash knowing how strong that current is, having been on that oar just, you know, a half hour before, is gonna go over and attempt to give Merlin a hand with that oar, just to try and help steady him. A good call. A good call because it's it's only getting worse. The storm is only getting worse, and you can see Merlin stranding over there. You go give him a hand. Lucer, do you anything but chant? I love that you're just <laughs> chanting, though. Honestly, uh, literally, yeah. I'm 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 just chanting, keeping the sails there, and looking down at my beloved boots for <laughs> something to you know awesome. keep me grounded. <laughs> awesome, thinking of Rena and chanting Darkon. Mm-hmm. Quick, somebody get Merlin some booze. <laughs> we need to supercharge this boy. Lenara, what are you doing through this uh, oh, This 30, this chunk of travel? I probably would have took the last little bit securing Van Richten, put him in a little baby Bjorn in his little spot so he doesn't Aww. zip around. Like uh, literally tie him down to the bed. Yeah, just Is that swaddling him. Um... Ugh. Enough. Close the window so Slash doesn't see. <laughs> any actual? Yeah, really. For some reason, uh, mentioned windows before on this boat, but I don't think there are any windows on this boat. It's a Viking-style ship with one sail. 
Don't don't say it really loud. I'm tying something. <laughs> I, I think enough that like like a seatbelt or two kind of thing, but he could sure. still get out of it if this capsizes. Uh, really, kind of like a dad who tucks in their child way too tight. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Really, there's not much she can do. Everybody sort of has everything under control. Bail water. So she'll. Yeah. Oh, if there's, I suppose, it, the, the bailing water, or if somebody starts, she's keeping an eye on everybody. So if somebody starts slipping, she's immediately going to go over and try and assist when something goes awry. We t- tie down Van Richten first, and then yeah, keep an eye on everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I'd say Van Richten is still a very like just keeping track of him is a really good use of our time. Like, yeah. He's a valuable asset. Oh yeah, but I would have like slash your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I assume I would have that would have been part of my last half hour keeping him from bouncing around. I like it. Oh, I like the flavor of this scene. Oh. Merlin and Slash both holding on to that steering oar, trying to keep this boat going in a straight line in this unbelievable storm. Looster just chanting dark on. <laughs> Over the howling winds, Lenora is trying her best to protect Van Richten, and Tess is shielding the sail with her fucking body. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) What an awesome image. I love it so much. Give somebody at the table who's not on the oar, give me survival with advantage, I think. I like this flavor. Dark on, dark on, dark on, dark on. Oh, no. Oh, what? With advantage? Yeah. With advantage, I rolled a seven and a two. Ooh. So oh, that shit. comes out to ten. A ten yeah. on our survival check. Yeah, after stress, yep. Ooh. Oh, man. Ooh. Oh, no. I'm going to need a juicy athletics check now. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, a no. ten on the survival at this point, I mean, the storm seems like it literally could not get any worse. Tall waves slamming into the boat. All of you are completely soaked through. You're cold. The sail is riddled with holes from the hail. And even though you guys are doing your best to keep this thing going in a straight line, it seems almost impossible at this point. You're getting tossed around like a toy. The Mercy is doing a much better job of navigating these violent waves. The gap is being closed very quickly. The two remaining seagulls in the air, you see another one get tossed backwards by a gust of wind, land in the ocean, either Merlin or Slash. Why don't you give me that athletics with advantage? I think Slash has got this. <laughs> yeah, totally. Jack of all trades, right? Yeah. <laughs> hold, hold my waist. <laughs> I'm uh, flying, Jack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly oh, what I was going for. Uh, all right, here we go. 19 on the die, plus 4, 23. 23 on the athletics check. The 11th hour, the main character comes alive. (laughs) 23. Very, very nice. A very, very nice 
you watch, you see behind you that last seagull is trying so desperately to fly and like close what's left of the gap between you and it. You're being tossed around like a toy in a bathtub. Just the winds themselves right now are so strong that it seems like at any moment they could just pick you and the entire boat right up. And a good bit of time has gone by since you've been able to really hear anything but the howling of those wind gusts. The sail seems that like at this point it's really not even doing anything. You are in the hands of the storm and the hands of the guy at the steering oar. And you manage to keep this little 24-foot boat in a perfectly straight line, despite oh. all the odds. Oh, Merlin Carlisle. Uh, Lustra chanting. <laughs> Tess just screaming in pain, getting riddled by hail. <laughs> what an epic fucking scene. And then, like somebody snapped their fingers, it's all gone. Nothing but eerie, eerie silence. The wind that was there just a second ago just stops just entirely. It's gone. Sail goes, what's left of the sail goes limp. The boat is suddenly just floating calmly. But you don't see the surface of any water. Instead, in every direction, all you really see covering the surface of this place is a sheet of pale gray mist. You can immediately notice the change in temperature here. It was cold in the storm, but here the air is colder than really anything any of you have experienced before. But yet, somehow, the boat feels like it's floating on water that isn't frozen. The chill of death is in the air here. Above you, you see no sky. Just an unbroken ceiling of mist, lingering maybe 20 feet above you. In every single direction around you, the same mist just formed these walls around you, making it seem like you're now floating inside your own little personal dome of mist. Behind you, where the most violent storm you've ever experienced in your life was raging just seconds ago, there's now nothing more than just this pale gray mist and an eerily calm silence so what do you want to do is the mercy still in sight you look over your shoulder and it's like dominio was never there i mean literally seconds ago most violent storm you've ever experienced nothing like someone snapped their fingers no mercy no sign or in between realms now. I would imagine, yeah. like, as soon as it, as soon as, like, you know, that blink happens, all you just hear is, Dark God! Dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming through really yeah, loud because uh, it's so uh, quiet here now, yeah. Uh, I was right beside you! Oh, All right, well, seems like everybody is 
all right at the moment. The only person we can't see is Van Richten, so maybe we should should check up on him. Yeah. Yep, and Luther will nod, and we'll all go into the cabin with Van Richten, I guess. Sure. And, and is he tied up? <laughs> he's been kind of like, yeah, you've strapped him down to the bed, right? Yeah. Is, is that enough to trigger my, oh. my fear? All right. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Right quick, though, before we do, we are absolutely going to roll that. Uh, I do want to just, like, clarify. We keep saying cabin, and I feel like we're making it sound like there's a house on top of this boat. More homey. But this is like, you know, it, we're all in Nova Scotia, so we're all very familiar with what a fishing boat looks like. You know, like there's a cabin just below deck right or like yeah. in a little speed boat mm. there'd be almost like a little cubby right below deck in the front where the fish go <laughs> where you hold the fish well usually in like a fishing boat they'd have a few bunks in there exactly uh, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing uh so when i say cabin that you know it's it's that there's not a house on top of the boat just want to clarify <laughs> that maybe that's where we're getting like we've we've said window a few times but it's an outhouse with beds and the only window <laughs> is that little moon it's uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Merlin sits at the mahogany desk while everyone <laughs> yeah, not, checks up on Henrik. Not quite, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to make sure that that, like, you know, that's yeah. clear. Yeah. That, that that's what we mean when we say cabin. But yeah, you go down there to check on Van Rigt and see someone's tied him up. You probably there was so much going on during the story. You probably don't even know who it is. There's a loose tire upper somewhere. <laughs> Someone's going around tying people up, Slash. No, so I, I just immediately clutch my, my left arm, thinking that that's going to be taken next. <laughs> oh, I like it. Let's do it. Give me that whiz save. Whiz save? Okay. That's, 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 yeah, that's a six. That's a fail. Yeah, you 100%. You get to the top of the the few. There's only like two, three stairs leading down to one of these tiny cabins. Get to the top of the first one. See Van Richten tied up in a bed. Full blown fright sets in. Become frightened. I guess of Van Richten because you didn't see anyone tie him up. No, for sure. I, I feel like I feel like Slash wouldn't necessarily be scared of Van Richten because he knows Van Richten is a frail, sick old man. But he would definitely be scared that he thinks he's going to be tied up next. Yeah, it's and more of a, a, a fear of the situation itself. Exactly. Just like someone so, tying people up. So Salash is just not going to go down there. Okay. He's just like, no, I cannot go down there. I cannot. Okay. And he just he just backs up, steps back up onto the onto the deck. And Everyone just, cartoon style like just bumps into him in a single file line. <laughs> but mechanically speaking, just so we're on the same page, yeah, you like can't willingly move closer towards, him, towards yeah. Van Richten. You're just like, nope. Yep. Nope, hard no. All right, difficult one. We'll untie him and bring him to you as long as we're all grouped together for the whatever might happen. Do it. Whatever we're going to do, we need to do it quickly. We don't know how long we have in here. Help me untie him. Uh, yeah, so Tess will join Lenara and start um, unswaddling Van Richten, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like as we're doing that. Uh, Tess is just going to be like looking back to our resident mist traveler and just like with basically question marks in her eyes, just like looking for guidance. Uh, Luther's going to hold out his hands and I'm like, I think we all got to get together here. He's going to hold out his hands and keep thinking of Darkon and start chanting Darkon. Okay. So uh, you guys untie Van Richten or like unstrap him. 
you're still frightened of Van Richten for right now. That's going to keep going for now. Uh, and you put your arm, your hands out for everyone to like hold on to so that we all have a point of contact with each other. Okay. Thinking that we, uh, my thought process is that Looster thinks that we all need a physical contact with each other if we're all going to travel together. Okay. So basically everyone hold hands kind of thing. All hold hands on this boat that is now just floating here. Again, like you can feel that you're floating, but when you look over the sides of the boat, there's no water. It's nothing but a sheet of mist covering the ground for as far as you can see. You all kind of gather around the boat, and it doesn't take very long at all of just standing here stopped for all of you to just start hearing the whispers coming from the mists. You can all hear voices, some that you don't recognize, others that you do. Tess, you can hear like Simon's voice urging you to not trust the people around, to turn, like take a left and go your own path. Lenore, you like hear your father's voice, you hear Van Richten's voice, all your classmates from dance school, all warning you to not trust those around you. Make your own path. And you all hear these voices. Merlin, you hear your dad, your mom, Salash. You hear members of your your clan back in Wanti land. <laughs> your brother, Lustra. You hear Rena. Even your dad's voice saying, like, turn back, son. It is not safe here. Oh, dear. Uh, Lustra is just going to, you know, shout to everyone. Only think of Darkon. We have to... Darkon, just think of Darkon. That's it. Nothing else matters. Think of Darkon. I thought I heard Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> so Lu- Lustra is basically just going to try and remain, keep everyone on the same page. Everyone think of Darkon. That's what we were told to do. Think of Darkon. Nothing else matters. Keep this one singular thing. I don't care what you hear. That's all we're doing. Getting to Darkon. That's it. Nothing else matters. Tess's eyes are going to be scanning the mists frantically. And as you're saying that, uh, she, you, you, you hear her saying under your breath, "No, no, you said you got out. You're not, you're not supposed to be here. Why are you here?" Darkon, say Darkon. Only that. Tess, come on. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Come on, Darkon. We're going to Darkon. Nothing else matters. Everything else here, it isn't real. That's all that matters. Look at me. Look at me. Don't, don't look around. We're not looking at what's out there. Darkon, that's it, that's it, that's it. Lenara slaps you. <laughs> <laughs> Slash also is is getting increasingly agitated and angry. Not that because he didn't get a chance to slap Tess, but... <laughs> <laughs> Opportunity lost. Yeah, I know, right? But, um, uh, but you can see him almost, almost get so angry just at the concept of this ethereal voice just talking to him. And he's just like, no... Not like this. 
I am better than this. And he's he's just getting increasingly agitated as he just continues to best to try to think of Darkon. There's no I, there's we. There's no other paths. We go, we go to Darkon together. And she'll squeeze whoever's hands are when she puts her hand back on whoever's hand after uh, Tessa's face. Squeeze hands. <laughs> She'll squeeze the Trying two hands. to keep everyone thinking of Darkon. And none of this own path. The voices pestering all of you. There's lots of different voices, too, and it kind of becomes clear that you're all not hearing necessarily the same ones. You hear the voices of your past telling you to leave everyone behind and just walk into the mists alone tempting you and you guys stand here holding hands thinking of dark on that's it i think so when our goes my past sucks and the only voice that i would hear is this gibbering old man over here that i actually listened to so (laughs) forge ahead huzzah so lash would hang on to people's hands not only because he thinks it's the right thing to do, but also out of spite, because he hates having a voice other than his own or Galosses telling him what to do. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one person who can bully me, and That's he's right seat. here, or here, or here. Where'd he go? <laughs> the seat is taken. <laughs> Galoss, are you with us? <laughs> There's nothing but silence from Galoss. Oh, thank God. Interesting. <laughs> Did he Finally. get Galossed? Nope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I got it. it yeah. <laughs> Plus two in, coming in clutch. There you go. Ten minutes go by. The whispers become more intense. So many voices almost screaming at you. Don't trust them. Uh, I feel like Lustra is just going to, you know, scream over the whispers and... Just tell everyone, like, ground ourselves with us, not the voices. And just and he's just going to look down at his boots and can't help but, you know, have errant thoughts of Rena. Um, Slash is going to do something different. And he's going to cast Silence on the group in a 20-foot cube. Very cool. Interesting. Huh. Very, very cool. Was a spell slot concentration? Talk to me about this. Yep, uh, silence level two spell slot concentration. Um, da 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 da. Up to one hundred and twenty feet for up to ten minutes. The duration: no sound can be created within or pass through a twenty foot radius sphere created on the point you choose within range. Any creature or object entirely inside the sphere is immune to thunder damage, and creatures are deafened while entirely inside it. Casting a spell that includes a verbal component is impossible. So all of you inside can't hear? Cannot hear anything. But it doesn't move with us. Uh, So you can cast it on an object? Well, it sounds like you guys are just waiting it out on this unmoving boat. Yeah, it's an unmoving boat. So if we're not moving, then this sphere would stay right where we're at. Unless, not to get relativistic, but does it like match our inertial reference frame? Yeah, is it like tossing a ball in a car? Well, what does it say? Does it say you do a point in space or you cast it on a thing and it centers it there? Through a 20-foot radius sphere centered on a point you choose. So on a point you choose. So you can't cast it on a rock and it moves with us. So we, if we, if we move out of it, then okay, this is enough. the section of silence. Fair enough. But we're, we're not, not moving. moving, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But um, as future. as Slash was chanting, um, 
Tess is going to be trying to break out of the uh, out of the the prayer circle, and um, as the spell's finishing, she's just yelling at Lustra, "You don't understand! I have to fuck!" And then silence, and she's gonna try. To, she's going to try to rush to some of the oars. Um, Salash so is going to go ahead and cast a message to Tess and explain, it is not only I who have much to learn from you, but so does everyone here. Please come back. Uh, so when it comes to all these gray mists that are all around us, like, is anything, has anything changed in about the 10 minutes that we've been sitting here in this prayer circle? Or does it look like nothing's changed? You make a perception. Woof, I don't see shit. That's a, that's a six. <laughs> Nothing has changed aside from the obvious increase in the intensity of the whispers. So the whispers are still happening in spite of silence. Well, he asked if anything's changed since you got here. Yeah, the whispers so- got louder. They go away. If you're in the silence queue, you can't hear them. Oh. But yeah, they did. They were like steadily getting worse and then cut off when silence comes into play. Interesting. Uh, but I guess in, in, in response, in the complete silence, um, Tess will just like shoot a look at Salash and say, uh, and think, <laughs> we are getting nowhere here. We are dead in the water, almost literally. So we're, does anyone remember, do you remember what, I can't remember how many words it is, but... I'm probably coming up. 25, I think? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, remember what Erasmus said? Message again. Dark on, dark Message on, dark needs on. verbal. It does need verbal? There's verbal, verbal come on? Oh, yeah. thanks, thanks for looking that up. Nice, man. Oh, oh shit. shit. Good call. Ah, uh, good call. Should be on your thingy. Oh. Adam inspiration. <laughs> shit, I didn't spend it. I'm going to put yeah. it over here just for... That's my bonus. Good catch. Good catch. Okay. So I guess there's no message going on yeah. at all. You cast yeah. silence, everything. I like to think that Slash would understand that mechanic before. Yes. Like I he agree. knows what he's getting himself into. So if you want to retcon casting silence, I don't really. No, 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 I no. Don't no. I, would mind. Still, I would still cast silence. Okay. I mean, fair also, Tess has eight strength. So if someone wants to stop, or chances are you'll make it, but Tess is 100%. Grabbing an oar and starting to starting to row. I was. She also uh, in has the silence. She also has a high acrobatics. <laughs> well, so correct. sounds like Tess is going to row us out of the radius of the silence. She was wants that? to start us moving at the very least. Oh, I yeah. love this. You oh all guys God. wanted your agency. Here you have it. I think seeing Tess do that, Merlin is also going to snap because he was he was starting to freak out a little bit, being in the circle, getting sweaty, hearing his dad berate him. You know, can't get in contact with the lawyers and whatever <laughs> mess. So he's he's going to jump up and start rowing with Tess. Uh, Salash gestures broadly to the two of you and, and, and does this, like, no rowing, no rowing kind of thing. Like, like taking his hand and, like, bringing it to his throat, like, like stop. And gestures again broadly to Lustra and Lenara as if to be like, help me. <laughs> does it seem like they're making progress? Are we moving? Or are they just, like effectively like rowing on well, a treadmill. I, I like to think that this is kind of the moment where they're like going up and grabbing the oars. You're, I mean, it's, it sounds like the, to me, it sounds like there's a bit of conflict as to whether the boat should move or not. So yeah. 
What so, we're yeah. really asking here is what's Lenora's opinion? Yeah. Like, we what? can't talk it out. We literally yeah. can't literally talk can't. it out thanks, can't, thanks to the snake man. So you either have to do something or this is happening. Yeah. Lenora will. <laughs> I love this. I didn't think it would be this hard this quick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd get to like the next box of flavor text, but nah, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Tess might not have madness written on her character sheet, but grief makes you do weird shit, man. I mean, can Looster would probably look around, realize we're not moving, and the fact that we've been thinking of Darkon and nothing's been changing, I feel like Looster's facial expression will soften, look to Slash and Lenara, get shrug and give a thumb point to them, give a thumbs up, and go over and help Ro. <sighs> so let <laughs> Miles, you're not mad that we're rowing. You're mad that you wasted a spell slot. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> I only get two of those. Like, uh. um, Slash, once again, looks pleadingly at Lenara as if to, like, ask, like, like please help. Lenara is going to pull out her book while everybody is running around. She's going to write, focus... On a piece of paper. Okay. And you see a chromatic orb blast out just straight up as she casts a spell in silence to get everybody's fucking attention. Because she can do that with her meta magic. Ooh. As she casts a subtle spell. So you see just this flare of fire fly straight up in the air, hopefully enough to turn everybody's head. I will have the thing that says focus and hopefully everybody will have looked and turned just like holding up the yeah. little but like you guys are coming in from, in the, from airport. the airport yeah uh <laughs> i will then go we have a few moments of relief from these voices she will hand out a bunch of papers and then say let's make a plan and then finally, she will put, I'm okay for going. We just have to go together. You're writing all that out. I write that out in the course Fire of a minute off or two. chromatic orb into the sky. Pew, pew, pew. You got two resources out of me. I got, yeah, I got a uh, silence spell, chromatic orb. Loving this. <laughs> Loving this scene. Oh, my God. Well, hey, I mean, we're, we don't have the voices for, what, another nine minutes? Yeah. So... We can actually think clearly, I guess, for the most part. So now it sounds like you're going to take the nine minutes, there, however many minutes are left on on the silent spell, and you're going to try to write a plan and come to a consensus before anyone moves forward. We're Is in that the mists. Before yeah, I guess, though. anything... These voices have stopped, so the pressing thing that is making us more insane is at least on pause. So we have at least a semblance of sanity. Can plan without interruption? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the... I'm looking around the room and everyone's nodding, yeah. so I yeah, think yeah. we finally yeah. found a consensus oh. that that's what's happening. <laughs> that's what's okay. yeah, happening. We've right finally yeah. all nodded at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <It> took a <laughs> while to get there, but the consensus is you take the nine minutes... To write down some thoughts, strategize. Yep. Merlin, Everyone, uh, 
Well, Merlin's just going to give the international sign, hand sign for booze. Just like one of these. Oh, <laughs> one of those pinky up, pinky thumb up. to the mouth. Exactly. <laughs> you take a shot. You've been tracking that over there. If my, I know we haven't, uh, we've taken a few shots out of the, the booze container without uh, mentioning it on air, I think. But if my count's right, you should be around nine. I will pour you a glass point. of wine. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah, the last one was a was a double. That was like a two oh, shot. Oh yeah. yeah. So I've, after this glass of wine, you're having. I think we're down to to eight doses, eight oh, servings. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daddy needs his medicine. So, so we <laughs> insist we stick with doses. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys strategize for a few minutes. Luther will take his cue card and write out. Think of Darkon and Row. And put a question mark and show it to everybody. Uh, all tests will write his, we need to move. Why don't you everyone give me a perception check? Let's start there. Got a 19. Natural 20, which makes it a... With stress, a natural 20. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's certainly enough for at least you, Slash, to realize that... Like a flare being shot up in the sky, that chromatic orb seems to have alerted something of your presence. And at the corner of your eye, you look up and just see like this shadow, just like whoosh through the mist at like super fast speed, whooshes by overhead. Seems like you've been found. By what? We'll find out next week. Great. I mean, something probably knew we were here already anyway. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah, surely. Oh, my God. (laughs) 